Thank you for listening to the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. If you enjoy the show and want to support us, the best ways are to leave a five-star review and subscribe on your favorite platform and follow us on Twitter or Instagram at lunchpailguys underscore. Welcome to the second episode of the week from the Lunch Pail Guys podcast. This is Jared podcasting alongside the rest of the normal crew, Lucas, Bart, Wyatt, and Aiden. Let's jump right in. Um, it is our obligatory World Series preview baseball segment. We're not talking about unwritten rules of baseball. Wyatt might bring it up, but it's not part of the question. Uh, mm-hmm. Lucas said that the, the city of Philadelphia has demanded that we talk about the Phillies and preview the World Series. So we will honor that by talking about how many games the Houston Astros will uh, will win this series in. So, Lucas, what's the most important narrative? Uh, what's the most important narrative for each team heading into this series? You don't want to cross the city of Philadelphia, Jared. After what I saw on whatever what game you it see? was, they clinched. The people getting in fights. <laughs> yeah, oh. among many other things, climbing greased flagpoles. Yeah. Smashing beers, TPing road signs. <laughs> yeah, it is fun. Yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> All up and down Broad Street, which is the big street that runs up and down the whole city. But we'll start talking about narratives for the Astros, who I think are the clear favorites. Um, so I think about all this is whether they can deliver first on being the clear favorites. But I think more importantly, this is kind of like the redemption arc being completed potentially for the Houston Astros. I think whether they, if they win this series, they'll have sort of like fully turned the page on the 2017 title and shown that it wasn't only attributable to cheating. For a number of reasons, the team is significantly different than it was five years ago when they won that title that was tainted. Um, they're headed up by a manager who is a hashtag baseball guy who is really well-liked around the entire league and Dusty Baker. And I think that they are, there's an air around the Astros that, oh, this is a good team, or even separate from the cheating so I come around on it. I know we debated this maybe like a year ago on the podcast, I think when they were in the World Series last year, but whether the Astros are redeemable. And I've always said that they are. And I think that a win here would sort of prove that redemption by bringing them to the top of baseball without the cheating. So I think their motivation is going to be, you know, we have to prove ourselves. We have to prove that we're more than this scandal. And so the narrative heading in for them is, okay, let's win to redeem ourselves. For the Phillies, I think the narrative is a little more like, baseball focused and which is sort of in the sense of how far can power hitting and really only have having two good pitchers take you um i love the phillies to death but they're not a complete baseball team um they've kind of had a a, like sort of a magical run here where things have just sort of come together perfectly but again they're not a complete team they do do two things really well they have great power hitting and harper schwarber hoskins real muto cassianos have all been pretty good throughout the playoffs and their first two starting pitchers, Wheeler and Nola, have been pretty dominant this postseason, aside from a slip-up that Nola had in Game 2 of the NLCS. Um, so I think they just have to see whether they can ride that to a World Series title. Like I think it's going to be exceedingly hard against a team like the Astros, who seem like an actually complete baseball team. You look at the starter comparisons, and you know after Wheeler and Nola, the Astros have a clear, clear advantage going forward. So I think that they just have to hope that they get some luck. They get some magic. I mean, they've beaten 100-win teams already this postseason, the Braves. Like, I think a lot of people would have picked a Braves-Astros World Series coming in. So they've already beaten a team probably of a similar caliber to the Astros. But I think 
it's sometimes hard to capture lightning in a bottle twice, and I think they're going to basically have to do that and just have to hope that Wheeler and Nola can lock down the Astros in the games they start, and then they'll just out-hit the Astros in any other games. I agree. I think the Astros are redeemable. I don't want them to be, and I don't want them to be redeemed. But, like, they have, what, four guys from that team still? Four or five? Uh, yeah, and, big and ones. Dusty, obviously. Yeah, they have one of the faces of the yeah, team. Sure. Uh, yeah, sure. But, like, uh, I feel like Correa's gone, though. Gone. That kind of like, Correa. Like, <laughs> I didn't like Correa's gone. Point. Springer's gone. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Springer's fine. I don't think they're redeemable. Aiden, I, don't so. I don't think the question was ever they're not good enough. I feel like the narrative, like, obviously they were good enough always to win a World Series. They're definitely good enough to win it this year. It wasn't like a they don't need cheating. I mean, it's just the fact that they did it in the first place. And I think that they won't be redeemable until the big guys, all the big guys from that team are gone. I really do believe that. Mm. Like, obviously they'll earn this World Series. I don't think anyone's going to deny that. But they're still going to hate the Astros until Altuve and Bregman and you know, the whole squad is gone. Right. And if they win and, and they say Altuve is a two time championship, everyone's going to go, eh, is he a two time <laughs> champion or is yeah. he just yeah. a champion? And plus, I plus tell you what I'm going to be doing looking for ways that they cheat. I'm going to be, I'm going to have the volume all the way up. <laughs> I'm going to sit there and I'm going to listen for something. <laughs> yeah, that sounded like a trash can bang to me. To exactly. And then I'm calling in. Rob. Calling in, <laughs> Rob Man, Rob Manfred's gonna be golfing. He's not gonna be watching the World Series. He, he doesn't watch. This. That's he so true. true. Wait, why it was Altuve the one you were gonna fight with yeah. your bare hands? Yeah. yeah. Well, that kind of. It's it's up no, there. It I offered to fight. Yeah, but I offered to fight both sides. What? That, is, that if the it's Astros wanted me to fight other hired. people, yeah. I would do that. But it would cost them more. You want to fight Altuve because he's like five six. That's the reason you wanted to fight him. No, because he yeah. cheated. <laughs> and I care about baseball. Oh, yeah, you do. There are a lot of six-foot-plus <laughs> six cheaters out there, Wyatt, mm-hmm. so I mm-hmm. don't know. I'll fight a six-foot-plus cheater. Yeah. <laughs> Put him in front of me. No, okay. How tall is Correa? Exactly, yeah. He might... yeah that's, I feel like he... he I said I would fight like Carl Anthony Towns. I said I would do that. <laughs> How are you fighting yeah, Carl Anthony Towns? That's a low bar. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty soft. <laughs> it is. I don't know why I said that too, but it's on it's on the table now, I guess. Yeah, Correa is six or four. So. Four. Yeah, yeah I did Minnesota. Bring it on. Do you remember? You know, good. Do you remember that segment with Carl Ant? Where we talking about like what what NBA players should do to get better over the off season? And, and somebody said like Carl Anthony Towns should do like UFC fighting or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was, was that my you? Okay, yeah, I, was, I didn't remember because <laughs> he's soft as butter. Mm-hmm. He still is this season too. But anyways, do you see that mattress Mac? This is. Yep. I bet um, on the Astros to win, and then he could win seventy-five million dollars. Who? Is, I don't How even is know who that is. Possible. He's always he's, he's always bet. I don't know where he gets his money from, but he always <laughs> is sold betting. a lot of mattresses. Yeah, he's like he yeah. always Jared, is betting like three million dollars. Okay, okay, guarantee you it says. <laughs> Does he own a mattress, mattress store? Mac. Is that why they call him Mattress Mac? Or what? One would think because you can't sleep on him. I know that he. he <laughs> I like that. No, that makes no sense. I know that he. He's but I like a, the idea and concept. He, he is a famous Astros fan, and I know that he bet on the Astros when they won it before. So, so he cheated. Too. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's, he's set to make seventy-five million, right? Like as you said, 
But I think the odds he bet on were either he said it was between ten to one and five to one, like he did multiple bets throughout the season. So he still bet like I don't know. I'm sure he like has ten million. Yeah, yeah. Money. Money. Well, <laughs> exactly. Where does this money come from? I, I saw there was somebody who bet fifty dollars at the start of the season that the Astros would beat the Phillies, and it's going to pay out one hundred twenty-five thousand if the Astros win. Okay, and that's they can hedge their bets and still make like half of that for fifty dollars. That's pretty that's good. Crazy. Yeah. I would absolutely cash out on that. Yeah. 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 I agree. But you know, gamblers, they got to see it through. Yeah. yeah. I cannot get yeah. my girlfriend to cash out of the slot machine when she when she's up. <laughs> it's like now now that she won $124, she has $124 to spend. And it's like, we just got to cash out and go home. Like, this is it. <laughs> exactly. Take I know that we've been here for 30 exactly. minutes, but let's yeah. just go home. You're not a high roller. You're not a high <laughs> yeah. roller. What? Uh, back to baseball. <laughs> not a loser. Back to baseball. Um, any like breakout stars or any other narratives people see coming out of the story before we get out of our series before we get to picks? So um, since we didn't talk about the Phillies at all, I'll bring up a Phillies player. I think <laughs> might have a nice series. You talked about the Phillies. Um, I think Bryce <laughs> before. I talked about the Phillies. Yeah, yeah, the the no, Lucas. Too. It's just like we forgot they even existed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Watch, but I, I'm gonna go. I think Bryson Stott could have a nice series. Um, I think he struggled. He struggled hitting earlier this year. He was sort of a midseason replacement almost for Didi Gregorius. He was a sort of worked his way up for the Phillies minor league system, and has slowly sort of worked his way into the lineup. He had a big uh, double in Game Five the other night uh, for the Phillies, and his average has improved throughout the year and th- both throughout the year and throughout the playoffs. They're going to need to not just probably rely on their power hitting the Phillies if they want to win, and Stott is a guy who can put the ball in play. So I think maybe not a breakout star, but I think a guy that could have a sneaky big impact on the series. Okay. Sneaky name, Bryce Harper. (laughs) Yeah, look at him. Exactly. Just just crazy. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's do some... I think on the Astros side... Oh, no, go ahead. All right, no, this isn't like super breakout star either because he just won ALCS MVP, but Jeremy Pena... Uh Yeah, uh, like mm-hmm. rookie this year hit three fifty three with two homers <laughs> in the ALCS. Seems like, and he was also pretty good in the division series. Seems like he's having a moment, um, even though he's <laughs> already had some hype behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's go into winner predictions, series predictions. Lucas, what do you say? Phillies in seven, <laughs> right away. Yes. All right, respect. I yep. do respect that. We'll I see. Do respect that. Wyatt? <laughs> Phillies in seven. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can't pick the I'll Astros, you know? I, I can't I can't pick them. I refuse to. Okay. And seven's a good number. Yeah. The Phillies uh the Phillies the definitely lowest, like, you know, three? Four. four? <laughs> is it, oh, is it is it a best of seven? It's best of seven, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Phillies and seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh yeah, the Phillies definitely feel like a team of destiny. And that means they're gonna lose. Don't say it. Don't say it. I was trying to have the. I was trying to have the whole episode. Nobody say it because I knew it Anytime would. Anytime Jared puts that label on anybody, it's a card. I didn't know. It's not me. I know. No, he said it about Michigan. Too. Take it out of the recording. Uh, I did not say that. If you had to set it, I would. Aiden, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you edit it out, it never happened. <laughs> exactly. Sure other people. Other people called Michigan t- the team of destiny. Anyway, the Phillies. I did. You spearheaded. Yeah. See, Aiden definitely did. The the Philly yeah. streak feels. Aiden said, "Yeah, I agree." <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the Phillies like win streak feels pretty random, like a team of destiny. We know how that goes. They're gonna lose on the doorstep of winning. The Astros have just been too dominant this postseason. They haven't lost a game, right? 
They haven't even lost a game. They have not. So I say Astros win in five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they feel like yeah. two series. It's seven and oh. Yeah. yeah. The entire series. Yeah. Entire, entire, entire yeah. year. This could have been the Mariners if they didn't give <laughs> yeah, up. They went 160 or 169 and 0. So yeah, far. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pretty good, pretty good. It could have been the Mariners if they didn't give up that five run lead. But oh god, Astros in five. Bart. Yeah. Fun fact: No team that has swept the divisional and the championship rounds has won the, the World Oof. Series. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's only two teams that have ever done that, and now the Astros are the third. But I mean, what else is there to say? It's destiny. Exactly. I'm gonna keep saying that word since it bothers Lucas so much. <laughs> no, okay. to me, I've to accepted me, the, it at this point. The Phillies give off huge um, Giants beating the undefeated Patriots vibes because I learned this. They wouldn't have even made the playoffs last year without the expansion rules. They, <laughs> they, they, so like, it's crazy that they're now in the World Series. I'm taking the Phillies in seven. I don't care how stacked the Astros are. I want to see something crazy happen. Okay. Me too. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> Aiden, what do you think? Okay, I didn't realize I'd be in the minority here. Um, I did want to pick the Phillies, <laughs> but I, I just can't in good conscience. Partially because they're the Phillies. Where well, is your time, but, sports integrity? You know. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Picking the Astros is just morally wrong. Aiden, Aiden being so. the only person who thinks that the Astros are not redeemable and then picking them. <laughs> I mean, they can wrong. still win. I still, you know, can still win. Yeah, we're not picking favorites I'm not going to be happy yeah, about it, but favorites. I wasn't going to be happy if the Phillies won either. So, you know, it's, it's a lose-lose here. I'd um, rather be wrong and true to myself, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather be right. Anyway, I'm going to... Astros and six, you know the yeah. I, th- I think it's just that the Astros have been so dominant. Uh, it's it's hard to pick against them, Lucas. I think you're totally right though that it's it all depends on the Phillies aces really just still dominating. So Wheeler and Nola still dominating, coming up big, and then Harper, Hoskins, Schwarber still hitting homers. If that happens, like I think it's very possible the Phillies win. It just feels like if this is gonna be a long series full of tight games, it's gonna go to the Astros because they have more depth. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, that was always the talk in the last series, too. It's like they yep. needed to beat the Padres, like, quick. Yep. Um, and they did, but, yeah. <laughs> and wouldn't it also be awful for you, too, personally, that, like, the <laughs> like the entire NL East but the Mets would have won a World Series in the last four years? Not the Marlins. The Marlins. <laughs> not the Marlins. But... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That came out mean. I didn't intend not it to. I'm just really tired. 14 and five against the Phillies this year. I just I don't yeah. want to think about any of this. I don't. I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah. So in denial. So honestly, though, I'm like all the. I feel like there's been a lot of talk about the expansion and about how, like, it's you know the Phillies shouldn't have been here in the first place, but like, they won. Mm-hmm. They beat a bunch of good teams. Like honestly, screw it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Doesn't matter. If Anything you know. more, though, would feel unwieldy, though, I feel like, at this point. More than 16 to yeah, baseball. Yeah, no, I agree. But, like, we're still not... It's not like we are NBA-level, <laughs> you know, expansion. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's reasonable where it's at. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad about it. No. There are no teams below 500 making the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Which I know Aiden and I both agree on should never happen in any professional yes. sport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Buckle up for this next one. Uh, I think I'm in for a, a battle here. Okay, so as predicted, first off, set the scene. College game day went to Eugene, Oregon for the Oregon-UCLA game. Uh, Oregon, of course, beat down UCLA in Chip Kelly's return to Eugene. Actually, I don't know if it was his first time returning, but he returned to Eugene. And of, as predicted, by the way, the narrative has been 
that the Pac-12's competitiveness has already knocked them out of the playoffs, essentially. That's the, that's the dominant national narrative. And I say that's a bunch of baloney, okay? And everyone says Oregon wins, the Pac-12 loses. The narrative that, like, a Pac-12 needs to have an undefeated team is super infuriating, and I feel like discredits how much talent there is in the Pac-12 for winning, for being a one-loss team and going through that. Obviously, I'm not saying a two-loss Pac-12 team should make it in. One-loss Pac-12 team obviously should, though. And I think if you're rooting for the Pac-12 to win or whatever, you should root for the most talented team in the conference. And the most talented team is Oregon, by the way. Yes, that includes USC. So 247 does a team talent composite ranking, which basically uses like recruiting rankings of the players that they have on their roster to determine like which teams have the most talent. Oregon's the seventh most talented team in the nation. They have the same amount of five-star recruits on their roster as LSU has. They have f- more five-star recruits than Oklahoma, Notre Dame, USC, Michigan, Tennessee, teams that are ahead of them in the rankings. And before you say recruiting doesn't matter or these are all made-up stats, every team besides Clemson that won the national championship was in the top five of this metric in the year that they won. And Clemson was in the top ten those years. So Oregon's definitely in that realm of possibility. Two is the the gap. The thing, the thing that people, like – forget is that there's always three teams that are way better than the rest of the teams the fourth team doesn't really matter that much in the grand scheme of playoff things just because they're probably not going to beat the team that they're going to play against number one doesn't mean that they wouldn't be deserving to be the fourth team in so let me explain the talent gap between the third team um which is ohio state and the number seven team oregon is the same gap that is between the number 17 and number 18 team which is auburn so there's so many more teams, like the gap between third and, and seven is so large that there's really not that many teams that legitimately have a shot of, of winning the championship, essentially. And you might talk about like the teams four, five, and six that are ahead of them. Team four is Texas A&M. They've already eliminated themselves, right, with big losses. Texas now has three losses. And the other most talented team in front of them is Clemson, who's in front of them, obviously, with a good shot. Third is that... Teams are allowed to improve throughout the year, and Oregon is clearly improving throughout this year. Like, Dan Lanning faced his former team in Atlanta. It's basically a home game for Georgia. Yes, they get blown out, but it's literally this coach's first game against a SEC team that just won the national championship. And you have to look at it through, um, like, to get rid of your Pac-12 team, your Pac-12 bias, to look at that t- the fact that teams can't improve. Look at LSU again. So they're the eighth most talented team in this in this uh, in the country, according to the two four seven team composite rankings. They lost to Florida State their first week, but then now look what they just they, they just did. They just beat number seven Ole Miss. So it, it, if you take away like the Pac twelve bias and you look at that as an SEC team, like people were arguing Texas A and M should have made the playoffs when they got blown out by Alabama that year, just because they're an SEC team essentially at that point. And there's again on the on the team composite talent rankings. They, the Pac-12 has three teams that are in the top 25, Stanford being one of them, actually, which is pretty surprising in terms of talent. The other ones being USC and Oregon. So, again, it's not like – and UCLA is up there, too, so it might be four. Um, but, again, it's not like the Pac-12 doesn't have any talent. It's, it's all just branding at this point and the narrative that because they've been left out, they're a bunch of scrubs. So just so I clarify what you're saying, you're saying if, if Oregon wins out, they should definitely be the fourth yeah, team? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
I agree with that. Oh. Does anyone disagree with that, though? I swear people were... People in the headlines, Doc, I swear I, were definitely <laughs> against that. But I thought I thought maybe not. No, I just don't think they're going to win out. I think that's... Oh! The... <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they still have Utah, UW, Oregon State, you know, a sneaky, sneaky team, and then the Pac-12 mm-hmm. championship game. Sneaky. Against USC. And given that, I don't know, they already have one loss, I don't, I don't really see it happening. I think they should be if they make the... Like, if they win out... I think they should get the four seed. Will I be excited about it? Not really because of the whole Georgia (laughs) blowout game. Mm. But I think they should get it at least. Yeah, I mean, it's also... Oh, go ahead. Just quick. If TCU and Clemson also went out, Jay, do you think they get in over them? Yeah, that's what what I'm wondering. That'd be tough. That's not going to happen, though. Significantly. It never happens. Yeah, There's only like one undefeated team at the end of the year. Well, Oregon winning out from this point on never happened. Yeah, yes, <laughs> it has. It happened, yeah. it happened in the I first year, the first know, year they made the playoff. I, the first year of the playoff. I'm joking. I said that with literally zero, zero reason. <laughs> <laughs> just riff it. Yeah, I think just the statement that if Oregon wins out, they should make the playoff is just so circumstantial at this point, too. Like, it depends on who loses. Like, I would take an undefeated TCU. I'd take an undefeated Clemson over each of them, like, over Oregon for sure. A one loss like, Michigan to Ohio State, I might even take over Oregon if it's yeah, not a blowout loss. Okay, like the Georgia loss. I guess we're we're I probably would, too hmm. much in agreement. But my thing was that the national narrative is always that like, oh, there's no more undefeated teams in the Pac-12; they're out of the playoffs. That's what I'm arguing against. No. So I guess we're. It just sounds we're like you like the 12 team playoff structure. Where yeah, teams hey, Pac-12 will never Pac-12 be left team out. Gets in every year. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. again in the 12 team playoff structure. No, but it's yeah. it is it's just so dumb that like in the Pac-12, if you lose a game, you lose to a bunch of scrubs, and the the conference cannibalizes itself. Where in the SEC, if you lose that game, oh, it's so hard to win every week in this league, and it's just it's just dumb. Like mm-hmm. there's there's a bunch of but, talent in the Pac-12, and and Oregon Oregon, like I said, they have literally more five star recruits than Oklahoma has, than USC has, than Notre Dame has, Michigan, Tennessee. Again, like the reason though that people are would be potentially pissed about Oregon being there is because of that Georgia game. We had the SEC Pac-12 comparison <laughs> they're game, allowed and they to, failed they're, it miserably. But they're allowed like, to improve. Absolutely miserably. It was the fir- it was the coaches literally. The I agree that game. yeah, it's the first game, and there should be some kind of handicap for that for sure. Um, but like, I don't think it's it wasn't even a good wrong loss. for us to give an SEC bias if that's what happens when the Pac-12 plays the SEC. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they would have put it, they would have put Texas A&M in, in last year if they didn't lose their second game. That's all I'm saying. Or the the year that they yeah it was it was two years ago actually, I think when they beat Florida and lost to Bama. They would have put Texas A&M because mm-hmm. SEC bias. Just saying. <laughs> All right, that one wasn't as spicy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> National media, that Pac-12 is still in it, though. That's all I'm saying. Um, Wait, see, so Jared, do you think Oregon's going to run the table? I think so. Dude, Bo, Bo Nix has been playing out of his mind since they, since that loss to Georgia. He's been playing very well. Yeah. He took it personally. I, I saw a tweet comparing his uh, his stats are better than Mariota's the year Mariota won the Heisman, like at, at, the, at this point in the season. Yeah. So is Bo Nix going to win the Heisman? He's he's kind of the bar for the Heisman has raised so much higher than when Mariota won it. No has offense it? to Mariota. No, it hasn't. Oh yeah, it absolutely, has absolutely <laughs> has has gotten gone up from from there. Okay. But context doesn't matter. Exactly. <laughs> the only context that matters is this year. How you compare to your peers? Um, okay. I, I dang. I can't think of good transitions today. This is my favorite one though. 
we always in September our podcast is always as well as many other podcasts across the nation. Texas is back after a close loss to a really good team or maybe <laughs> or maybe a, a win against a like good team but not a great team. And then we go to we get to October and it's you know what Texas is like a year away. Um, so they're now facing the uphill battle of becoming the first three loss team to make the college football playoffs. Um, just all joking aside, Aiden, which other team do you think in in sports has like this much hype and consistently falls short? Okay, so I think the best examples of of teams that have hype and then fall short are in college sports because there are these brands right that are created after a team does well for a bit Uh, but then it's pretty easy to fall on hard times like i think it's tough to rebuild a program that's fallen on hard times because no one wants to play for a loser be recruited by a loser in college whereas for a pro team you know if they pay you enough and maybe that's the case now in college football but yeah texas a&m exactly (laughs) Uh, but traditionally a pro team could pay you enough to you know not really care um but a good metric I saw for measuring kind of how disappointing a team is is a pretty simple one. It's just preseason ranking versus final <laughs> ranking. And over the past 10 years, Texas is second worst in the nation at negative 52 in that ranking. Over those 10 years, they've fallen 52 spots from their you know, preseason compared to final. Um, Florida State was first, which is interesting. Um, oh, not by all that. that much, but I still found that a little bit surprising. And USC was third at negative yeah, 51. And I think those teams are all kind of up there <laughs> in terms of disappointing disappointments just because they have that hype FSU a little bit less of late, uh, but then have failed pretty, pretty big. Um, so Texas has definitely earned their spot here. I think USC, you know, maybe they changed the narrative this year, but definitely warrants a mention in terms of other sports. There are some obvious ones, and I don't think I'm going to have super spicy takes here. The Cowboys are for yes. sure one. What? I've put it out to There's always a media circus around the Cowboys. They always have hype. Uh, and they're generally not terrible, which kind of makes it easier for this hype to, gen- to generate, right? Like yeah. They've had three losing seasons since 2005, but they are consistently disappointing. You know, they have yeah. three playoff wins in the last 25 years. You know, the Rams <laughs> won more playoff games last year. You know, and there's there's always talk, as there is with Texas, um, as there is with, you know, their their state brethren about this being the year. Um, so I think the Cowboys definitely warrant a mention. Um, I think the NFL, you also have like the Browns are another team that I feel like are always on their way up. Um, yeah. But they're they're less of a like we have a tradition of excellence and more like, a, you know, maybe this <laughs> is the time. Um, but but yeah, moving on from there, I think those are football has some of the best examples in the like in baseball, for example, you have the Angels, but I think we've kind of given up on the Angels. You know, they collect past their yeah. prime stars like Pujols and Josh Hamilton and Anthony Rendon, and you know have Mike Trout and Otani. But uh, but I think at this point we've been like, ah, we're not we're not going to worry about them anymore because they just never follow through. Whereas at least with Texas or with the Cowboys, they had a point at which they were following <laughs> through. Um, I think the Yankees could potentially yes. be mentioned. Yes, sir. You know, like, th- they don't totally deserve it because they are always good, again. Yeah. And, you know, Texas hasn't okay. been great during the last 10 years, not as good as the Yankees typically have been. But the Yankees haven't been to a World Series since 2009, and they've been top three in payroll in every year but one um, since that. So, like, That's Texas to hype. a T. 
What? <laughs> so that's Texas I, to a T. I think we've yeah. had this literal debate before where it's we like, have. but the Yankees have also made a ton of LCSs in that. <laughs> they but have, but they haven't that's been like, to World Series. I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I think they're race. different from the from Texas and that Texas hasn't yeah. even seen anything. So I agree with you on that. Exactly. Because, I think it's uh, significant. But they just like never really reach the pinnacle or even close oh. to it if they're, you know, not actually making the World Series. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. so, so I think there's comparisons there. Um Besides the, that, though, that, that's most of what I had. Um, I feel like they're probably good F1 comparisons. I don't know. If you, Ooh, Ferrari, Ferrari's kind yeah, of the I, Texas. I had Ferrari written yeah, down, right now. but I didn't know if that was too like recent because I don't know that much about F1 history. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. But, but yeah. Even before Michael Schumacher's reign with Ferrari, they hadn't won a title in like 20 years. Hmm. And now hmm. they're on a current drought where they haven't won a driver's title, I think, since 07 or 08. Hmm. I think 07. Hmm. Kimmy Raikkonen, right, was the yeah, last Kimmy. one? Yeah, Kimmy. Kimmy. Mm. Yeah, so I, I definitely think Ferrari would be a good one. The Yankees, 100% are up there. Yeah. National title, national, like, World Series championships, national titles, they've both won one in the last 20 years. <laughs> Just saying. We were doing this thing where we're picking arbitrary amounts of time. 20 is not an it, arbitrary oh, I'm number. Totally, well, Lucas, I use because if you make it 25, then it's five. The Cowboys, I used, like, they haven't had a, they've had three losing seasons since <laughs> X year, and then they haven't made the playoffs since other different years. <laughs> yeah, it's just like arbitrary numbers. Because no, if you expand not. that Yankees number arbitrary. five. That's an even number. But, but I do think that Yan- like, <laughs> since it's been 13 years, right, since the Yankees World Series, yeah, I feel like yeah. that's a while. Right. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I'm not disagreeing. It is the money that they spend. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's like different levels to it, yeah. where it's like, okay, the Yankees are. Di- Let me finish, Jared. <laughs> Yankees are. <laughs> yes, please. The Yankees have ahead, been consistently disappointing in the last 15 years. Let's just say 15 is a nice <laughs> round number. But they've won a title in that time. They've made Texas's championship. But they've made they've won a title in that time. They've made multiple LCS appearances. They've gotten there, and that's even like a different level from the Cowboys. The Cowboys haven't even made an NFC Championship game since 1995, when they won the Super Bowl. So it's like there are levels to it. Like I think at the top of disappointing you have Texas, and then next level down you have like the Cowboys, <laughs> and then like that disappointing, but like not really that disappointing. You have the Yankees, is how I would put it. You know? Okay. The the um, Texas has made six Big Twelve Championship game appearances and won three of them in the last since the game since the Big Twelve has done that. I'm not I'm not gonna make up a number since we've been born. Since we've been born, actually. <laughs> No, but since they've had a Big Twelve championship game, that's not arbitrary. They've 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 appeared six times, so that's like the equivalent of an LCS at that point. Anyway, is this a Yankees? It's not, debate? but that's okay. Is this is a Yankees what debate. It, I'm just. Right Would it the equivalent be making the semifinals of the playoffs? It, it was. It's only been around the same for four, thing? like five years, six years. The, the playoffs have been around for almost ten years at this point, Jared. No, they haven't. The first year was like 2015. Okay, seven it was years. 20. No, because we're in 2020. This is we're entering year nine. This is I think there have been eight, and this year will be nine. Yeah, we're almost a decade in at this point. Okay, apples to oranges. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Another thing, another thing that I think is interesting about Texas, though, is um, a lot of people say like the expectations are always set incorrectly for Texas, but I actually don't agree. They have like one of the most. They should have the most talented. Like they have a top five recruiting class so so often, and they have one of the most talented rosters. Like I said, they're they're like the I think fifth most talented roster this year according to two four seven. Like they're the expectations are not set too high. 
They should they should be running the Big Twelve. Yep. But does <clears throat> does Texas ever really have any players drafted consistently in the first round? I know that that's kind of a huge thing for yeah. Texas is whether or not that they have these high recruiting classes. These players <clears throat> never develop into stars at Texas. Yeah. Mm. Give Sark some time. You're away. We'll see. <laughs> no, actually, they'll, actually, they'll give him some time. That was all Tom Herman with all those those uh, recruits saw, not making the NFL draft. I saw some numbers that seem like it would be fair for them to let Sark go. No, it would be early. I know, but like he's he's awful on the road. They blow a lot of leads under him. Uh, they've been like a bad team with penalties this year. I think I saw weird stuff that is definitely on the coach to an extent. But you're right. I agree they should give him more time, but still. The fact that he landed Arch Manning buys him three more years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, they can't just dump him after that and and lose Arch. Yeah. Yeah. He has 500 as the Texas Longhorns coach right now, so. Yeah, I just saw that, too. That's rough. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. They went 5-7 and last year. Like, you kind of forget. They were bad. Actually, a lot of people probably didn't forget. I kind of forgot. <laughs> I kind of forgot too. I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but they're five and three this year. Like they can still look to improve on yeah. on what their roster is. If you go to isTexasBackYet.com, <laughs> yes. there is a an, evalu- <laughs> an evaluation of whether or not they're back. They're halfway back. It is at fifty percent as of right now. I so love I that. mean, like they got a chance to to kind of come their way back up to the top and and. And and make it relevant again. And, and by the way, the criteria is for Texas football to truly be back, we must maintain 10 wins each season. This is pure science, so share this with any misinformed colleagues. <laughs> so 10 wins is off the table this year, but they can get to 9, and they could be well 70% back. Could you get to 10 wins with the bowl game or no? You could go yes. 10 and 3. It depends if you count the bowl game. And the Big 12 championship. But is that still in play? I don't play? know if I count those. I don't count those. I would count that 100%. I, don't know. I think the championship to, game counts. The championship game counts. Bowl yeah. games do not count. Why not? You count as a loss if, if you get it as a loss. So yeah, why not but... count as a win? It can only be a loss. Because okay. it doesn't help my narrative. <laughs> exactly. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's the wrong year, uh, wrong year time span. Uh, last question though, I did want to ask. Um, Bart, I'll go to you actually since you wrote this down. Do you think Arch Manning made a mistake in committing to Texas given uh, uh, their struggles? But also the fact that Quinn Ears is playing generally pretty well. I, I honestly I don't think so. Um, like I think it, it might actually be a win-win for him next year because like if he does start, then that means he's playing super well. He was able to beat out a quarterback who really solidified himself this year in yours, uh, and that means that he's probably going to have a good season. If he doesn't start, it's fine. He's a freshman. There's no pressure. He gets to yeah. sit behind yours and learn for a year and let the Texas team continue developing, which like it seems like there's optimism that they're going to continue to get better. So I don't, I don't think he made a mistake. I mean, maybe Texas is cursed, and they will literally never be back. Who's to say? But, uh, I, I, yeah, if I were him, like I saw some tweets or some articles about how he might switch <laughs> and decommit, <laughs> which would be hilarious, but no, I think he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw the Tennessee switch rumors or just you know yeah. people starting that was, he, that was he a bandwagon like, recruit like every year he's like uh, you know maybe i'll pick this other team. exactly who is yeah i thought he didn't want to go where peyton or or uh eli went you know yeah yep. start his own texas start his own sense. line yeah. it's all about the brand of texas really oh if being oh yeah if arch manning led texas to be oh back gosh. like oh 
<laughs> love that. Yeah, I think BYU the world would just salivate. <laughs> Notre Dame, Notre Dame would have been huge. Let's see too. what you do well, at Colorado, huh? Prove yourself. <laughs> I really wanted to give myself a challenge, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. If he brings Texas back, maybe he'll get an invite to the Manning cast. I heard there's a long wait it's list. It's pretty booked exactly. out. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It probably is booked out, dude. They yeah. just had Obama. Holy crap. yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> the like, literal who else is on this president? List, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> who else was on there besides Obama last night? Like, I wanted to know who got equal billing Vince to Vaughn. the president. So yeah. those are pretty good. Cool, good. I'd say. Vince Vaughn? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I actually love Vince Vaughn. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's hilarious. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, we don't know when Texas will be back, but we do know we'll be back next week. So stay tuned. Keep us uh, engaged on social media. I know that you know the social media handles at this point. So once again, I'm not going to bore you to death. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you all back next week.